Hi, everyone. I'm Allison Ramsey with the Empire Life podcast, where we interview influencers from all around the world on how they launch their online empires. And we are a conscious tech and digital marketing company. We guide influencers in launching their online empires in the Empire Life Academy. And today we're with our special, amazing guest whom I found on his, on his Facebook amazing group where he does like he really helps he's always there for the Facebook members in his group and we're with Ali Mirza he's the founder of iSocialU plus a startup advisor in Dallas Texas so we're like neighbors and iSocialU is a social media agency in Dallas and I'll hand it over to Ali to intro himself a little bit more well, first of all, thank you for having me on this show. And uh, yes, I live in Dallas, Texas. Uh, in a couple of things, I run a social media agency called iSocialU. And, you know, there are a lot of people who are doing social stuff, right? Digital marketing. So the way like I differentiate myself, we focus, we're not focused on like one specific channel. So we're not like Instagram experts or like Facebook experts. People come to us or clients come to us with business problems. And then it's sort of our job to look at those business problems and see what social tools, tactics, and, you know, strategies are going to work for them. So that's how, you know, we are different from other like social media agencies. And in addition to that, I'm also advisor to uh, a lot of startups in Dallas. Nice. And have you had your own startup? I mean, this is a startup, right? I social you. Do you feel like you learned a lot through that and then, part of your, now your mission is to give back and be like a mentor or advisor. Can you dive into that a little bit more? Can you tell me about that? So yes, yes. So I did quit my nine to five, uh, I believe in 2014, and started iSocialU, but I've also built some mobile app startups in, in Dallas. And that's how I, I got connected into the Dallas startup ecosystem, because I thought of an idea and then found a team and then outsourced the development and then raised actually some money for that idea. It was a tech mobile app startup, which we actually shut down this year. Uh, but going back to your question, yeah, so iSocialU, you can still, you can say it's a, it's a startup, a service-based organization, but then I also built in my, you know, previously um, mobile app, which was another, you know, different a product-based startup. So I have actually looked into, you know, when people talk to me and they're running like a service-based business or some people, they have product-based business. The good thing is I can relate to both. Mm, Cause you've had experience in both. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And you, you, you're right. I think uh, when, when it comes to the, the, the social media landscape right now, there are a lot of people because everything is changing so fast, right? There, there are more channels, right? So LinkedIn is so different now than what it used to be. Facebook groups are like so different now what it used to be. So I think one, part of my mission now is not just to serve my clients, but also share my knowledge and the things that I have learned and things that I do with other people and mm. to, you know, give back as much as possible. And that's why you'll see in my Facebook or in the community, a lot of it, uh, I'm learning. Here's how I'm building my personal brand. And if you want to do the same thing, you know, follow these steps. Yes, because you've seen that be successful. Yes, because, you know, it kind of all goes back to because 2018 and 2019, I think even beyond, 
if you know, like, and trust someone, that's when you're going to do business with that person, right? So to establish that know, like, and trust factor, how do we do that? By producing content. Because we actually don't, there are a lot of people online, we don't know them, we never met them. We know them through their content. Right. So by producing exactly. consistent content or, you know, in other words, some people say, you know, by building your personal brand, that's how you can help more people. That's how you can serve more people. And that's how you can build your business. Yes. And, and that comes with having some kind of expert or using an automation system. And we have an empire, empire life social media automation system that really helps that because it's all it all goes back. Like you're saying, I hear you saying it all goes back to that consistency of producing and putting out that content, like becoming the content hub and the expertise of what your company is, because mm -hmm. then people relate to you. I'm sure you hear this all the time. People say to me, even before I had this call with you, I already feel like I know you because I see yep. you all the freaking time. I see you on live. <laughs> I see your content. I get this. It becomes an online experience. You want to look at yourself, whatever content you're putting out there. I hear you yeah. saying this. And, and you know, I, yeah. I think recently on your show, I think Zach Benson, he's an uh, Instagram expert, good friend of mine. He was on the show. And I think you guys were talking about um, something along the lines of eight touches. Like, mm -hmm. You have to touch someone like multiple times. It may not be eight, it has to be like multiple times. So you, if once you kind of touch base with someone multiple times, then you establish that no trust, uh, no like and trust factor. And I think that is huge. I'm actually, my opinion or my point of view is every single business owner does have a personal brand and they should take it seriously and they should manage it with more intention and with more purpose. Mm, that's gold. That's gold. Anybody listening, take it. There's one thing you want to take away from this podcast. Everybody has their personal brand. Sometimes I make a joke about that and I say, if somebody tells me, oh yeah, I don't have a brand. I'm just like, I have this business, but I don't really have a brand. I'm like, look, if you're producing or promoting cat videos on your Facebook, that's your brand. Yep. You do yep. have a brand. Everybody yeah. does. And so let, look at what you're putting out there. That's your brand. That's your brand. And then, you know, I say, you know, what people think or say about you, you're not in the room, that's your brand. Mm. And that's my Facebook statuses. That's my, even like interviews like this, my produce courses, that's my courses, that's my LinkedIn activity, that's everything. And you know what's crazy? I think we all know this right now. When we apply for jobs, many times the HR managers or even the hiring managers, they will go to your LinkedIn they will go to your Facebook and check you out. And actually there are tools that let them do it, that help them with the, that sort of, it's, they just want to learn more about the potential person that they're going to hire in the company. So I, everyone, I believe you do have a brand. It's just a matter of realizing it and accepting it and then start managing it with more intention and more purpose. Yes, for sure. For sure. Do you have any personal stories you would like to share on us about that, that you, that you share with your clients to help inspire them so, to kind of get into that intention? Yes. So, so, so many, I can, 
you know, a lot of clients and even the people that reach out to me in the startup community and maybe they're looking for an advisor or a mentor, I, I can go back and I think 90% of them, they actually they found me because I was producing some sort of content online. Just like how we connected, I saw your Facebook lives, right? And you shared in your group and you were sharing in my group. So we got connected through the content, AKA through our personal brands, right? So, so many of my clients, so many of my people who I advise on startup, they go, they check me out on LinkedIn or other places and see what type of content I'm producing. And if they're like, oh, this person, he knows what he's talking about. He seems like the expert sort of, right? then they will sort of reach out to you. I've been, um, you know, featured on Forbes. Um, my courses are featured on Mashable. And most of that happened because I was producing content online or because mm -hmm. I was building my brand online. And actually, you know, let me back up. It wasn't all like this. When I started my business in 2014, to be honest with you, I, I didn't pay attention to my personal brand at all. I was just focused on, because obviously you're, you're kind of, you're moving from nine to five to a business. You start making some money and you get excited. So you want to make more money and more clients and more money, right? So I got into that cycle and I didn't focus on my personal brand, but then I realized that people, if they think you're the expert, they want to work with you. Mm. And the way to do that, you know, is by consistently sharing your knowledge, the things that you know on consistent basis on the channels that you like. So, and then once I realized that, then it became a priority for me and my business. Now I take my personal brand very seriously. I produce content on Instagram, on LinkedIn. I create a lot of online courses, uh, but, you know, it's all like planned, but it wasn't always like that. I love that. Can Ali, can you tell me a personal story from when you were young that kind of it shaped who you are now or it led you into this social media space? And it can be funny. It can be any kind that you, any kind that you want to share. This is the first one that comes to mind. You know, the first one that that's a really interesting question. I don't think I've been asked that. <laughs> um, one of the things that I used to do, I wasn't, and I think I'm still not, I'm a, I'm, I'm not extrovert at all. I'm introvert. So oh, being a kid, okay. I remember I used to, um, I was a really good listener because my siblings and my, even my parents or other family members, they would come to me and talk to me. And, you know, I was the kind of kid that you could tell anything because, you know, that kid is not going to say much. Right. I think that kind of like quality, even now, it's funny. And I don't know, I think you work with a lot of clients too. So maybe you, you know, you'd relate to this. Uh, the better listener I am when I have uh, meetings with clients, the more chances I have to get their business. And mm. I think this came from, and it's funny because I, I think I, it's, uh, it goes back to being self-aware. I can go back and get the client meetings whenever I try to sort of like, hey, client, I'm the expert, come work with me. I did not close that deal. But whenever I approach that client meeting, from the perspective of, hey, client, I'm listening to your problems. I can relate to your problems and I can help you with problems. Like, I understand you. I get you. I had more chances of getting that client. So I think it, being a good listener is not, uh, not something a lot of people like talk about. But I think if you're in service-based business like my, mine, that's a huge quality that comes from my childhood. 
Oh my gosh, I love it. And is I I'm kind of the opposite. I'm super extroverted, so that's a, <laughs> that's a skill that I have needed to learn how to manifest or transform a personal transformation. And did I listen enough? Did I really hear them? Because people really do want to be seen and heard, like you're saying. That's what I hear hear you saying, and it does come naturally for me to to let people know what I'm doing which is a strength and a skill and to be vulnerable with them like, Oh yeah, I've had that experience before. And then that's a huge point of connection. But I love that you brought that up. A lot of it is uh, people on my team will remind me when you're talking on the phone, are you pausing? And I'm like, Mm. Oh crap. Was I pausing? (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I just continue with the conversation with that. Sometimes there needs to be that, it's really healthy to have a short pause and let it like let what you yeah. said sink in. Yeah. So that's a great yeah. reminder you know, to me. That's a strength of yours already. Yeah. And I think um, to me, like even before that, the biggest strength that anyone can have, uh, in my opinion, is the self-awareness. Like, you know, the things that I, I can, you know, I know clearly the things that I'm good at and the thing, there's so many things that I, I suck. Right? Um, <laughs> And I think being, being self-aware, even if you're a lot of people, actually they watch me because I teach a lot of uh, courses and I uh, produce a lot of video content too. So people would watch me and they'll be like, you're not an introvert, but I am an introvert. So and another thing, I think it, it just goes back to their moments. I think we go, I also believe we're not like 100% introverts and extroverts. There are situations when we have, some tendencies that take over the other ones. And I think once you know like how you, what your strengths are, once you become more self-aware, you are more in the position of winning. I love that. And with your advice as an advisor, how do you encourage like startup founders or anyone listening to this, what steps can they take, let's say two to three things they can do actually today to become more self-aware or is that through experiences is that through diving in and then having trials and errors what do you suggest so most of you know the biggest mistake that i'm seeing most of the the startups that i uh, work with and actually i've made those mistakes myself and i think if you look around most startups they figure out like they have an idea and they build like some sort of product right an app or a website or something so in most cases, they figure out how to build a product, but they fail because they don't have any customers. So they have something, but they don't have anyone who is going to use that product, right? So the, the biggest thing I try to advise them is don't just build a product, build a community. So just like how you're creating a Facebook group and a community, I'm creating a Facebook group and a community in a different context. I, I believe every startup that the founder Maybe they have an idea for an app, a fashion app, a restaurant app, whatever. Either create that community or get closer to that community. And, you know, one example, uh, sometimes I talk to different like college students and they have really cool ideas about like food startups or fashion. Mm-hmm. And my number one thing to what I suggest them is you're getting your app for a community that you're not part of right now. So find a way to get closer to that community. And maybe in practical ways, maybe that means go join 10 Facebook groups that includes the audience that you want to serve with your product. Or maybe that means, you know, go to meetup.com and search and then find those meetups and go attend those meetups to every single month. 
So that's how I, you know, what I advise them is don't just build the product, get closer to the community that you're building the product for. I love that. And those things you mentioned, it's free. Also. Yes, absolutely. It's yeah, just, I think there's what, no reason, no excuse, <laughs> no, no excuse. And I think it's, it's just the, um, one awareness too, because a lot of, you know, working on an idea, developing, writing code, um, it looks like really fancy and fun. So you keep on doing it, but going to meetups and exchanging business cards and listening to people, and maybe like following up on the email, it looks like boring, right? So a lot of time people would, you know, would not like do it, but I think that, there is when I launched my of years ago. Uh, it was a mobile app. I was in all the major newspapers in Dallas. So Dallas Morning <coughs> News, Dallas Business Journal. Uh, I was on Product Hunt, and the reason I made all of those happen because I was connecting with those communities. I was connecting with the right people during the development phase of my startup. I love that. Like going to meetups, you're saying you were doing those things, going to meetups, reaching out to people. A lot of people to touch on that too, they may feel it's vulnerable, especially maybe men, for example, that I was interviewing another um, podcast member and he was saying how it's so it's sometimes not to stereotype, but sometimes more hard for men to say what they need. So when you do go to those meetups, like openly talk about what you're working on and also what you need because people don't know what you need. If you, if yeah. you start the conversation by saying, oh yeah, I'm having this amazing, amazing event coming up and it's going to be fabulous, you should come, as opposed yeah. to a conversation by saying, hey, I'm having this amazing event and I need a few more sponsors, I would love to feature your company how can okay. i support you how can you be part of my event that's a completely different conversation letting them understand oh maybe if they don't they don't they can't sponsor it they can lead you to somebody else that can be featured or if you need clients saying hey this is what i'm offering oh i really i have space for some more clients mm -hmm. in my roster and is this something you're interested in? Oh, you're not interested? Are you are? Let's talk further. Or if you're not, do you know somebody who is? Okay, yeah. cool. Okay. And then I have this referral bonus for you. Yeah. That so feels so you, vulnerable for some yeah, people. It, it does. And I think, uh, you know, I can relate because being an introvert, it was so hard. You know, when back, looking back, when I was starting my business, it was so hard for me to go to meetups. It, it, it was so strange because, you know, I'm, I'm coming from nine to five job, right? So I would go to work at nine, come home at five, and then I'm done. That was like my life, right? So it was so hard to go to meetups and exchange business cards and kind of do the small talk. But I think what happens is a lot of times when you put a pressure, like pressure on yourself that, hey, I have to go and perform or, you know, get something done. And you kind of feel like you put a lot of pressure on you. So the hack for me was, I was like, I'm just going to go. My commitment is to go to two meetups a month and that's it. Mm -hmm. I'll have like five business cards. I'm not, there's no pressure on me. If I go to two meetups a month, I win. So that's how I like made it. Like I made my milestones like super, super easy. Cause I'm that person, the person that you're talking about, who's like not, um, you know, comfortable going to meetups or, making those small talks, that's exactly who I was. Or maybe, you know, still I, I am inside. 
Um, but I think it just realizing once you realize that, okay, this is not my strength. And then you're like, okay, so what do I do? Do I stop or do I somehow play the game around my strengths? That's exactly what I did. And, you know, I recently, um, I've done a lot of podcasts. I've done a lot of keynotes. I've done a lot of like public speaking in, in Dallas. Back in 2014, I could not imagine any of that. Hmm. Being the person that I was, I could not imagine talking to, like standing in front of uh, like a room of uh, five people and giving a presentation or talking about like Facebook ads or how do you build your business, uh, whatever. But it happened. And I think going back to your question, I believe if you are that person who's kind of, you know, you feel unnatural or it feels like weird, like do what you can with what you have, but do it right now. Then just show up and maybe sometime make just one friend. And, you know, once you know one person, the next time sit next to that person mm. and then you, you'll know like two more people. So I think it'll, it'll come, but the worst thing we can do is realize that this is not our strength and then not do anything about that. Yes, I completely agree with you. Completely agree. And I, yeah, and I, wanna, I think you, you, you do a lot of uh, events in uh, Austin, right? Yeah, I do. I do. And in the very first event, I'm, I'm sure that my community have, has heard this story before. Or if, if you haven't, that one of the, the very first events I ever did, it was, again, like my first one. So <laughs> no idea what I was doing. And I see myself eventually I'll have those massive Tony Robbins-esque kind of events because I absolutely adore and love it. The first one was terrifying. I was even, before I was about to speak at my event, there, there was about 55 people that came to the first one. A great turnout for, for it, that never having one before. And I was shaking and I had like peppermint oil that I was breathing and really into essential oils. And I was taking a lot of deep breaths, practicing my, my meditation and breathing techniques before. And it got better. Like the next time was a little easier. But I went to this meetup spontaneously a few months before my first event. I did, when I went to this meetup, I did not have the event planned. I had no idea. All the, the only idea I had was I'm going to have a live event. Mm. That's it. So I saw this meetup about five minutes before it was going to start. It was really close to my house. So I took off. I didn't even read the description. All I saw is it said entrepreneurship as a tag. Okay, that's for me. And I get there and it's all about real estate. Like, uh, I'm not really in real estate. It's all real estate agents. All the speakers are super expert real estate agents in Austin. And afterwards, after they all talked, one of the ladies came up to me that was one of the speakers. Mm -hmm. I'm not knowing who she is. I just heard mm -hmm. her speak and I tell her, Oh yeah. Uh, thanks for speaking up there. I'm sure that was, that was hard. I really appreciate what you're doing. It's awesome mm -hmm. that you're here. I'm not super into real estate. So I start like really being vulnerable with her. I really mm -hmm. have no idea what you're talking about because I'm not into real estate mm -hmm. at all, but I'm so happy to be here. I didn't even oh. know what this was about. I probably should have <laughs> read about it. And she starts laughing and she's like, oh, yeah, I'm happy you're here too. So tell me more about you. Like, uh, well, yesterday I had this vision in my meditation that I'm supposed to have a live event. Mm. So that's all that's been on my mind. Like, mm. I feel it. Everybody is telling me you're supposed to do this. Mm -hmm. And she tells me, well, you know what? I organized this event that you're at here. 
Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. There's about 60 or more people here. How did you pull this off? How did you bring all these people together? This is amazing. She mm. said, well, I have, are you on meetup.com? Like, do you have a group already? And I said, well, I was looking into it, but you know, I, I was wondering if it was worth the investment. Mm. I didn't open one because I thought it will take me some time to build it up. She was like, perfect. Don't do it. Don't open one. Because when I get home, I'm going to be awaiting your email. I want you to send me an email and I will add you as a group admin. Wow. Okay. And I have two. She told me I have two very successful Facebook groups that I've built out over the, the past five to 10 years. There's over mm -hmm. 5,000 people in both of them in an Austin mm -hmm. area. And any events you have, no matter what they're about, put them there, promote them. Your place, my platform is your platform. Oh my God, like, look at that, right? Right? Yeah, like, yeah. okay. All yeah. right. And, and then the, I'm sure a, more than half of the people that came to my first live event were from her platform, from yeah. her, from her. But see, there's a big, big lesson here because you kind of had an idea. It wasn't, the picture wasn't clear. You were scared. You didn't know what the next steps were, but you did it anyways. Right, you went to that event anyways, you made that conversation, and then I think the things start happening like naturally. Going back to I think what we were talking about, um, you know, do it anyways and do in like small steps. Do what you can, you know, with what you have, but do it right now. Don't wait for the, the perfect moment. So I think there's a there's a big lesson here for all of us. Exactly. And um I learned so much in that first live event. I had a few guest speakers and I'm sure that I was not the best at communicating with all of them or even knowing what to tell them how the event was going to be. And then mm -hmm. I learned from that. I became better with my communication with all the speakers in the organization of what mm -hmm. the event's going to look like. And now it's so much more seamless. But if I, I had never launched into that, into the unknown, overcoming that fear yeah. of having it, it, it then I will have just stopped. So I completely agree with you. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you to, on the same note, what would you say, Ali, is the, the two to three top traits that you see in successful entrepreneurs? Or if somebody didn't have these traits, that they can cultivate these? So I think number one, we kind of touched on this, being a good listener. I, it's so big because I, I feel... People don't work with us because they think we are the experts. I feel people work with us because they think we can help them. Like we, like this person knows my problems. <coughs> he knows what business problems I have and he can potentially, um, you know, help. So I think being a good listener, because a lot of time I've made those mistakes when I was in the beginning doing public speaking. My goal, I thought public speaking means go and show the audience that you're the expert, you know, Facebook ads better than anyone else. And then, you know, how naive that was. But over time, I learned it's not about how much you know, it's about how much value you can give to your audience at that same level. So I think being a good listener is, I would say that's probably, you know, on the, on the top of the list. The other, two, the other thing is also, especially in the digital space, things change so fast. Like Facebook is not what it used to be two years ago. Facebook ads are so different. Facebook groups, you know, I think about two years ago, 
we didn't talk about Facebook groups. And now that's the first thing I, I believe people talk about when we talk about organic Facebook marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, LinkedIn is changing. Instagram has changed a lot. Uh, so I think things change. So being a good listener, the second thing I would add to that list is being, you know, l- always be learning. Always be, especially in the digital space, if you are work in social media or video, or I think most of the people who are um, in our audience, they probably are in the, in the digital space. So being a good listener, always be, uh, you know, learning new stuff. And the third thing is, um, I call it ABT, always be testing. You know how so many times we will listen on a podcast or maybe you read a blog article and there's this guy and he talks about how I invested $1,000 in Facebook ads and I made $2.3 million, right? And when we go do the same things, we don't get the same results, <laughs> right? How many times right. that happens? A lot, right? So I, I always say whatever you learn online, maybe from me or you know, this content or, or any other person, Always test it to your, because your business, your situation, your audience, your product, your service is different. So whatever you learn online, put it to test. So those are the three things I would say if uh, the, the common traits or anyone who wants to grow in the digital landscape, be a good listener, uh, always be learning and then always be testing. Mm, I love those, Ali. And before we hop off, and I know you, you have... Um, you need to get off soon. And so before we hop off, if there's, let's say, Ali, you were going to start a new company today mm-hmm. and you were going to seek out a mentor and you wish your mentor told you X, Y, Z, you wish somebody had told you these things. If you can choose like the top two to three concepts that you can say, I wish somebody had told this to me when I was starting, what would you like to leave our community with? So. I think just kind of things that I've learned over time, and you, you probably laugh at some of these. Um, manage your content consumption. Because there's so much stuff online, right? So if I want to start a new business today, let's say I want to start an event management company or event management, you know, something. I, there's so much information. I can spend all of my time consuming that information, and then there's nothing left to execute. So I think that's one thing I would tell people. Um, there is a lot of information and I do know that we have to read, we have to learn because otherwise we, we stay the same. So that's why I say instead of like eliminating your content consumption, manage it. Um, that's number one that I would say. Number two, um, you know, pay less attention to your competition. You know, looking back at my life, there, I can clearly see there were, there were phases. There were phases when I made like significant growth. And that's the phase I was, I didn't care what other people were doing. I didn't care how many other Facebook ads export were in like Dallas. I didn't care what people were, you know, what kind of blogs or videos they were publishing. I was just focused on my stuff. And that was the phase when I, those are the phases when I made the most progress. But then there were other phases when I was more focused on other people and less on my execution. And that's when you get into the comparison trap, right? So how is that person producing a course which is making more money than me? How does that person have more clients than me? How does that person have bigger clients than me, right? So that would be number, you know, number two, I would say, 
pay less attention. It's your life. It's your business. It's your game. Pay, the less attention you pay to your competition, the less distracted you are, and the more focus you can put onto your own execution. Uh, and then, then, you know, the last thing, the number three, I would say, nothing beats, you know, we can talk about ideas, uh, blogs, podcasts, videos, but it all comes down to action. Like if you're not going to mm-hmm. take action, nothing will change. You know, that's the biggest reason I feel we stay stuck. And in most cases, we know all the answers, right? If you want to create a, a podcast, you can search in Google and you have all the answers in 20 minutes, right? If you want to produce a video show on LinkedIn, if you want to create Facebook ads for e-commerce, you can read and you have all the answer. But what differentiates successful people from people who are not is the consistent action. So those are the three things I would, I would say. Thank you so much, Ali. That's, it's so conducive and wow, so much gold in that. Thank you. <laughs> and awesome. Ali, what is your website? How, how can people find you? Yes, yeah, so it's isocialu.com. That's my agency website. And like I mentioned in the beginning, I work with clients and we specifically do two things. Number one is we help you create your social community. And number two, which is more important for the business, in the process of creating the community, how do you generate lead sales and revenue? Uh, and then also Ali Mirza is my uh, name. You can find me on Instagram. I'm super active on LinkedIn these days because LinkedIn, too, in my opinion, is evolving. It's becoming the next Facebook, minus the memes and the cat pictures. Um, <laughs> so you can send me a message on LinkedIn as well. Yeah, I lo- I'm starting to get more into LinkedIn as well. I, I started to be more interactive and posting, posting a lot yeah. there or almost every day. To, yeah, it used to be, you know, back in the day, you, like you would go to LinkedIn uh, when you need a new job, right? So it was a resume site. But I think they learned a lot from uh, Facebook. So I, now I call LinkedIn is a professional video storytelling or professional storytelling platform. Mm-hmm. They have introduced native video. The messaging has improved. The company pages are different now. Uh, So I think anyone who's in B2B, they should definitely pay more attention to LinkedIn right now. Mm, That's a great, that's a great nugget of advice. Thank you for that, Ali. And thank you for being here with us. Thank you for having me. (laughs) We'll talk to you really soon.